1: I said to Hank Williams How lonely does it get Hank Williams hasn't answered yet But I hear him coughing All that long Oh, a hundred floors above me In the Tower of Song Here
2: we are on radical Australia and the earth is at peace. The Empress Dale Bridge is here, back with us for two weeks running. <laughs> <laughs> He's setting a record here, Dale. How are you, Empress?
0: I'm not too bad. How you, are you, You're Joseph? looking
2: very well for a change. Oh, you know?
0: well, thanks Some days that.
2: I look at you and I think, God, I'd hate to be young again. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we have a very special, well, all our guests are special, obviously. We've got... Margaret Cray. Pronounce it
0: properly <laughs> Cray. A lot of pronunciations? and Crash. But Cray, Cray is. Cray. So e A G H is the Irish ending of a lot of names. So my parents were both Irish.
2: Oh. Oh, well, that's the end of the interview. Let's go. Let's I'm go. sick of Irish people.
0: <laughs> How many well, do you get a lot, do you?
2: No, not really. We Mm -mm. try to keep away from the Irish because we're just sick of the sob stories. Bloody
0: troublemakers. No, no, just sob stories. (laughs) Sob stories.
2: You know, hundreds of years of oppression. That's true. It's giving me a (laughs) headache. We asked two questions, as you know. Sure. As you know, we yes. only ask two questions. One takes ten seconds, and the other one takes fifty-six minutes. Okay. And the first question is just to orientate our listeners: What year were you born?
0: Nineteen fifty-one.
2: Fifty-one, great year, great year. I know a lot of people born in fifty-one. <laughs> a lot of people. Yes, unfortunately, we're on the way out, Margaret. Yes. Well,
0: we're hitting that age. Of well, we we'll hit that age. age pension yeah. age.
2: Well, they look at you. They look at you mm. and they think, oh. Whenever I see a group of young people here at Free Sierra say, I'm, I'm here to suck the life force out of you, you know. <laughs> I'm just so jealous of their youth. <laughs> now, Margaret, what's the first thing you ever can remember?
0: I have a very distant remember mem- memory of when I was very little. And it's true, my mother telling me. And right. probably I think it's real. But it was on a rocking chair and I fell off the rocking I think I was around two. So yeah. one or two and I fell off the rocking chair and I cut here and there's the light mark I had for a while, yeah. for a long time actually, and it was the stitches. So it was obviously a big thing for her because she had to bring me into the hospital. This was in England where in I was England. born.
2: Oh, so you're not Irish?
0: No, just parents.
2: Just British?
0: Well... They, my, my father was anti-British, so there's a thing of that, not calling yourself British, but, you know, uh, but I definitely am, I was born there, and my passport's an English passport. Uh,
2: English or British?
0: In, well, it's got, I think it's a British passport, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I mean, Do it, it is, they they it is the United
2: Kingdom, you know. Well,
0: not so united these days, no, but yes. No,
2: but it was the United <laughs> Kingdom, and uh, so mm. I assume both your parents have died?
0: No, my mother's still alive.
2: Here in in Australia?
0: In Brisbane, that's where I was brought up.
2: This program's podcast, so we can't say anything (laughs) rude about your mum. Tell us (laughs) about your dad.
0: Uh, He died a couple of years before my daughter was born around. He died in his 60s. He Mm -hmm. had a pretty hard life, did construction work, and um, worked at SEAQ, which is the electricity provider in Queensland and um, his death may be due to cleaning the vats, which had asbestos in them, but it was never quite clear. And at that time, it wasn't known, but um, his death could have been that. But he was pretty fit a lot of his life. He played Irish hurling and did sport, and in his forties jumped over the clothesline in our backyard. What, and the Hills Hoist? Like... No. Or just the Well, this line. was pre-Hills Hoist, <laughs> even though they have been around a long time. But it was one of those... Closed lines. That's the yeah, straight yeah. up one. And he on a vault. He was into the Olympic games in a big way, well, yeah, especially yeah. the Melbourne ones. What the ones was he, like as a he was pretty harsh. I mean, I think he had a hard life in Ireland and mm. went off to World War Two, which was called taking the king's farthing or some. There was some mm. uh, thing for people from the south in Ireland going and joining the British army, which he did. So mm. yeah, and it's a long
2: um, tradition, you know. You know, at the Eureka yes. Battle. Mm. In 1854, down at Ballarat, there was many Irish among the <laughs> police and uh, On the other army. side. <laughs> yes, yeah, there were, were in the trocad. Yes. And, people, and at one stage, there, were, there was actually two brothers. I was
0: going to say that. I bet yeah. there were brothers against each other. There were brothers each other.
2: Each other but uh, what they mm. did is the brother who was actually uh, the soldier ac- deserted before they attacked Thank the trocad. Thank heavens. Troquet. What a decision, killing, yeah. killing your own brother. brother. Yeah. 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 yeah, And but, there were
0: friends, obviously. I mean, yeah. well, fam- their Families were... On each side, you know. Yeah. It was a living. It's mm. the way the
2: Irish kind of survived. The, mm. you know, it's the only thing they could do. All they were allowed to do was join mm. the armed forces. They were good enough to die for the Queen.
0: Of course. Cannon mm. fodder.
2: Cannon fodder, yeah. 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 So, and your mum, what's, tell us about her. She
0: was from County Mayo. Um, mm-hmm. She is from County Mayo. She lives in Brisbane. She's pretty interesting, one of 16. Mm. Um, a very small town in uh, Mayo in in Ballina, which is called Ballina here, but Ballina over there in Ireland. Um, one of the few places in Ireland that still speaks Gaelic. Both my parents spoke Gaelic and um, they were very into Irish tradition. My father was very into Irish politics and the Republic and the rebellious spirit and mm. very into well, history. Well, doing
2: Irish hurling, hurling, he must <laughs> have been into the Irish tradition. And I sport. He was, I can't imagine yeah. being more boring.
0: Well, no, he really liked it. He, he put an interest into me in sport, and all of us, I think, have a bit of an interest in sport. I've always liked sport, mm. even though it's sport, you know, mm. amateur sport is very different from professional sport, but Australia has that tradition. So I was brought up playing netball and sports in all the schools in Brisbane, and even nowadays mm. we ran and. Mm. My daughter had an interest in running when she was little, so, yeah.
2: All right, let's go back a step or two. Have you got any brothers and sisters?
0: Yeah, there's six of us.
2: Six of you? Yeah. Mm, some traditions <laughs> die hard among the Irish, large families. Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they all alive? Or?
0: Yeah. Well, my brother lives up in Tully,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and he retired. He worked for the – it was called the GPO, which yep. became Telstra. And he retired quite early. He started very early, too, 16 – and um, I, that was my brother and I came over on a ship, 10-pound assisted passage from, what, what from year, England in 1958.
2: 58. 58, so there was only mm. mum, dad and two,
0: two of us. Two of us. Right. And so why,
2: why, why would your parents leave the, the British Isles <laughs> is in 1958? I mean, it was not the land of milk
1: and honey. England? Um, no,
0: England was not the land of milk and honey. <laughs>
2: no.
0: um, like a lot of people, they were, they were offered, you know, to come over they wanted British at that time to come over, and Mm -hmm. a lot of Irish came over. Scottish, Scottish, (laughs) Irish. And he had a sister over here. Mm -hmm. Where? In Brisbane, or in some place in in Brisbane, Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: So we, you came by ship, obviously. We did.
0: We came oh,
2: by well, ship. How old were you on the voyage?
0: About seven or eight. I was born in 51, came over in 58, so I was seven, seven or eight. Seven. What was mm. it like? Can
2: you remember anything about the ship? Well, he,
0: my father kept a diary and wrote right. a diary, and I republished it what, when I was back in England. About 20 years ago, I redid the diary. And seeing the photos of my brother and I and my parents on the ship was pretty amazing. Yeah. It was incredible. It was an Italian ship, the Sitmar line, the Fair Sea. It's either the Fair Sea or the Fair Star, I'm not sure. It'd
2: be the Fair Star. Mm.
0: Yeah. And seeing the photos of us traveling and the crew, my father always had an affinity with Italy. He'd been in Italy during the war, spoke Italian. um, And the crew on the ship were Italian. And he was pretty friendly with them, speaking their language. And it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I found it great. It was very relaxing, even though it was extremely long. I can't even remember how many weeks it was. I just remember Mm. it taking a long time. and. There was rituals when you passed the equator and yeah, having this festival yeah. of Neptune. And
2: so those kids in the back of cars, cars <laughs> who keep saying, are we there yet? Yeah, exactly They've got a lot like to learn. You, six, that's
0: what well, it'll be at those, least six weeks. Those trips eight. were really yeah. long. Yeah.
2: you remember stopping in Colombo?
0: No, we stopped in Port Said.
2: In Port Said, that's yeah. even better. So you went through the Suez Canal.
0: We did, and my father bought a present of a music box and a La camel, mm-hmm. which I was very impressed with. Mm. I just thought it was beautiful.
2: Mm. <laughs> uh, are you still has it disappeared? Or oh, long time gone. <laughs> <it>? yeah, <laughs> six kids in the house, what do you expect?
0: Well, four were born here in Australia, uh,
2: yeah. So, so what's your first memory as you pull into port at Brisbane? Do you remember that?
0: Well, I remember pulling into Melbourne, because, Melbourne. The, the, oh. and these are to do with photographs. My father had a box camera, mm. and he um, took a picture of us outside St. Francis's Catholic Church. Both my parents were Catholics, and um, this is oh, the picture of the to, family. That's hard to
2: believe, isn't it? They're Irish yeah. and they're Catholic.
0: <laughs> yes, well. And they're
2: from Southern Ireland. <laughs> I like that.
0: Well, the West Coast and the South. Yeah, yeah. Cork's the South and the West yeah. Coast. But yes, no, uh, Brisbane, I don't remember much about it. No. Uh, Remember that they had just enough money for a deposit on a house that they paid the interest for many years later. Mm. I think it was something like three thousand so, pounds so or something. Yeah. It was something quite small. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we lived first of the house we lived in for a long time was Windsor. In Windsor. So it's a yeah. northern yeah. suburb of Brisbane. Yeah,
2: Upmarket. That's where a lot of the English and Irish went. Windsor Red. Well, it
0: was an area that floods. So <laughs> Brisbane, you can tell how yeah. rich you are, by where you where you come in the floods. Yeah. And, a mm. lot of Brisbane mm. floods. So, yeah. You'd remember
2: the good old days in Brisbane. They were actually selling seafront lots, which oh. are actually in the sea, <laughs> in Moreton Bay.
0: Well, the people deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep away from those well, places. Well, they're, they're only fifty pounds. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Brisbane's a big flooded plain, and it's become worse. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yep. So
2: Windsor, and did you where did you go to school? Holy
0: Rosary Catholic Church. Holy Rosary yeah. in Windsor.
2: Nice. Yeah, did you get Holy Communion? Of
0: course. Yeah. Communion. The nuns of St Joseph of the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm.
2: So it's always sure. the Sacred Heart. Yeah.
0: It? I was quite religious, and I at primary school level I did want to be a nun, so I was you quite did in primary school. Mm, mm, not, not so much in high school. No. <laughs> Certainly in so, primary school.
2: So you said you were interested in sport. Did you excel at sport in primary school?
0: did. I liked it a lot. And what did you yeah. play? You said I so ran. Ran? Um, we had sports days every year that mm-hmm. I ran in and basketball I really loved. I love ball games. Mm. Did I you, still now like ball mm. games.
2: <laughs> did you play that? Team
0: games. You know, we the seven of you yeah. in a row and yeah, you yeah. pass the ball over yeah. and under and yeah, over go and I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Didn't play Vigoro, did you? Vigoro,
0: I played. I like yeah, that. That's yeah, a good game, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. They don't play it anymore. No. It's kind of died out of Vigoro. <laughs> it did, it did. I remember, I remember when I was at school, Vigoro <laughs> for the girls was the big game.
0: Yeah, yeah that's very strange, that Dale, was sexual that, divide on girls. Did sport. you remember
2: Vigoro being a Queensland girl? See. Si. See? Si. <laughs> <laughs> She's not that impressed when I try to rope her in about her Queensland experiences.
0: I've, I've blocked it all out, mate. <laughs> Don't, know, don't make those memories come back.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was born in Brisbane. Me too. Oh no, that's what I mean. We've got a lot in
1: common. Oh.
2: All right. So obviously left the Holy... Was it Holy Rosary Primary? i forgotten what it Holy was. Holy so, Rosary Primary, Primary School. school. Yeah. yeah. I think
0: it's called a different name now. Yeah. I was up in Queensland a few mm. months ago and I think it was even a different name. Mm. There was a state school at the bottom of the hill mm. and the Catholic school on the top and there was this thing we used to yell out, which was what... What was it state states ring the bell or Catholics Catholics ring the bell and make the states go to hell? That That's was the, right. all this division between state schools and us. Yeah. And there was was it Archbishop Dewick I think bought all the prime real estate on hills. Yes, you know? Archbishop that was very. Brady. It was very very the astute, scandal man. of the Catholic Church and yeah. the land and. Yeah, they got mm-hmm. beautiful
2: cathedral in mm-hmm. Brisbane there. That beautiful wall, you know the the, exactly. the rock wall, Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant Kangaroo Point, lovely. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. So, where'd you go to high school?
0: I went to Nunda, Mount St Joseph. Oh, good old Nunda. That uh, was the the same order of Catholic nuns,
2: uh-huh. and it
0: was one of the, I think the cheaper high schools. The
2: cheaper high schools. because yeah. I had
0: thoughts. My father said at one stage he was thinking of sending my brother and I to state schools, which I didn't mind. But my mm. mother said, "Oh no, no, my children must go to Catholic schools." So she's very much into mm, mm, the, the Catholic nuns and the mm. you know.
2: I'm going to ask a very personal <laughs> question. Now as you wanted to become a nun, <laughs> did you have a scapula?
0: I did. Yeah. Of course,
2: yeah. well, and I people. went and
0: I went for retreats too. That's right. Explain yes. to me what
2: a scapular is. It's
0: this um, thing you wear around your neck with. Um to me, it's a bit of an equi- it's not the same, but a rosary beads is something that you do prayers on, but a scapula is this extra special, blessed yeah. uh, material thing with two holy pictures on each end and yes. you wear it round. And,
2: and it's your lifeline to heaven. <sighs> it is, it as is. As long as you wear a scapula, you're okay then. You yeah. cannot go to hell.
0: Exactly, so. yes. And you make a good act of contrition, of course. Of that's, course, yeah, well, yeah. Go- that remains so without did saying. You, did yeah. you do confession? Always, yes. Always,
2: but you wouldn't have much to confess, with. Would you no, go to a I high
0: one, Well, I wonder about my mother. My mother goes to confession regularly and she still. leads his life. She's 92, but she still goes to confession. So. It's the fourth. Yes, it's yeah. the, I don't know, it's what you do, isn't it, uh, if you're a Catholic. When you know. you're
2: considering what some of those uh, gentlemen were up to. Oh, you say no
0: more. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's yes. A, you know, two now Hail it all Marys. Come, and it our, all comes out now, doesn't yeah,
2: it? Yeah. Yes. Two Hail Marys and Our Father. Mm. But did, did any of that, we, any of that? Type of thing impinge on your life at uh, school, or was it?
0: Well, there was rumours around about various priests mm. and altar boys. Mm. It was always male. I think women being um, exploited or sexually abused wouldn't even be considered that important. You no, it wouldn't. No, I agree. Whereas yeah. boys, you know, it's oh, well, a terrible well, that's thing. Well, that's the
2: way it should be. That's, the, know, way. Margaret, <laughs> that's the way it was in the fifties and sixties. The glorious. Mm-hmm. So, what year did you finish high school?
0: Around, I think around 68, I think. 67. Yeah. 67 68, 68, yeah, nine. when I was about 14, 15. No, you've
2: been you have been, been 16 at least. Because mm, you year 12, you had to go to year 12. That's right, yes. I don't remember, I remember no, it quite I clearly.
0: I was so pleased to leave, to why? get out of there. I didn't, hated school. Why? High school, I hated. I just, I was bored, I think. Well, yeah. You
2: weren't intellectually stimulated. I didn't
0: like, the nuns I found incredible. The high school nuns were different from the primary school nuns, even though some of the I think the primary school nuns, one of them particularly was quite a saddest, but mm. the high school nuns were younger and really h- harder in some ways to do with than the primary school nuns. Well, they were
2: trying to protect you from sin and protect your virtue. That's their role, isn't it?
0: Um, I think they were saying things that we weren't aware of. You know, they right. would say things that, uh, around those sort of issues and I'd go, What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Two yes. girls were holding hands once and one nun says, Don't do that, you know. and and we we're wondering why we had no idea. We were very naive at <laughs> high school. You right. go, what's this about?
2: All right, so That's at- what
0: nuns were like. Now
1: yeah.
2: yeah, things were starting to move in, uh, even in little Brisbane in 1967, 68. You know, mm. the Vietnam moratoriums were starting. There was a bit of a radical presence at the universities. When you left high school, did you go to a university? Or? No,
0: not at all. No.
2: No pretensions. Of, mm. no? So, we, what 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 did you do?
0: I read. I did a lot of reading and I had a lot of angst. I was very depressed around when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought if I could get out of Brisbane, I'd probably feel better. So that was my aspiration was to leave town. I found Brisbane. And even now I still get the shutters. Once I missed a plane when I was up there and I thought, am I? I've got to leave (laughs) Brisbane. It was like the end of the world. Oh, my God. The plane is gone. I was—I was, had a panic attack. Yeah,
2: you started sweating.
0: No, I felt very. A lot of the time, when I was a teenager or in my le, in my early twenties, uh-huh. um, I didn't. I didn't meet that many people. I was pretty shy. I was extremely shy. I was really quiet. And my brother and I had a bit of an alliance. He was very shy too. Um, so, so,
2: when you left high school, you didn't go to work. You stayed at home. I, I did. No, I did. did
0: go to. Sc- I did go to work. What
2: type of work were you doing?
0: clerical, anything. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I worked once in a laundry over school holidays and Mm. they assumed I'd stay there when school went back, but I went back to school. But I still left school around 15 or 16.
2: So you didn't finish year 12?
0: No. 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 I did. I could have, but Mm. um, there wasn't the push at home. and There was no interest in me doing that. Oh, you were a girl. And it was to do with our family. No Mm. one finished school and no one went to university. So that was the... You just get a job and live your life and whatever.
2: So, how how long did you drift for in Brisbane?
0: A few years. Actually, um, mm. I sort of ha- was interested in Marxism a mm. bit. Excuse my father me. was into social justice a little right, bit. He was right, a socialist. He's right. w- he was always going on about the Catholic Church, even though his he was a Catholic. Were,
2: and his kids, kids went, went, went
0: to it. Catholic schools. Be always
2: scapulars had Holy Communion. But <laughs> <Right. laughs> he
0: himself was um, a socialist of sorts. Well, of sorts. A, he wanted yeah. peace
2: in the family, didn't he? He
0: did. And my mother was quite religious. And he had his own religiosity, but he was mm. very critical of the wealth of the Catholic Church and the Vatican. He Mm -hmm. So I sort of got a bit of that. And Mm -hmm. also hypocrisy. He's very much into... Um, anti-racism, like how the Aboriginals were treated, he found in Brisbane. It was just shocking. Oh, it
2: was in those days.
0: And he talked about it to Mm. my brother and I. And That's unheard of. It is. It's pretty unusual. It was
2: unusual for that period.
0: I think he himself, there was racism against being Irish and there was racism against every nationality, except if you're a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, which Mm. we weren't. Mm. And we had a large family. I know there was a big thing about... My mother once said how many kids she had and someone said, haven't you had enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it was, uh, so the thing about families and not fitting into the norm, I was really well aware of that. Yeah. So
2: how did you escape? Tell us the details.
0: It's sort of very strange. It was through a Catholic newspaper. Right. <laughs> um, I put an ad in to meet someone. Cause in I knew a Catholic
2: it, newspaper? I did, oh, yeah. Right. And yeah.
0: I met this guy. Yeah. Um he was completely pretty. He was pretty awful. Mm. He was studying at Melbourne University, and he was a Boy Scout. Mm. And um, I came down to Melbourne to live here, and it was a pretty awful relationship. But, mm. It, mm. Did but ena- it did it did it did enable me to
2: yeah. So where, where did you live? What suburb?
0: In um, Fitzroy. Fitzroy. Yeah. Bacteria, before that, it's... I must say, before that, with some friends, I talked them into coming down to Melbourne because there was a moratorium march, yes. and Jim Cairns was leading it. It was the nineteen
2: seventy, wasn't it? And, was I, wasn't
0: and it? I, I was, I yeah. was so interested yeah. in yeah. going on this big demo. It was huge, yeah. Yeah. and I was really um, inspired by the amount mm. of people that were protesting yeah. against the war.
2: It's interesting. It's interesting because Melbourne does have a, a long history of great anti-military and anti-militarist marches. If you look at the Iraq. Mm. demonstrations in the year 2000 and then even if you go back 100 years to 1916 mm. when 80,000 people I think it was on the 21st of October marched from the Women's Peace Army's headquarters at Story Hall down to the Arab Bank to hear a, a bevy of women speakers sure? speaking mm. against the conscription referendum which was held the next uh, the next uh, Saturday
0: Pretty amazing. on the, on
2: the, mm. on the uh, 28th of October and there were 80,000 people from a population of about 800,000 so that's one in ten people in that's Melbourne. That's pretty good. That's, and that's the same for the the moratorium march, I think it was about one hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty thousand 130,000 in 1970.
0: And, but and there were photos and yeah. the media were really against it. There was that's so much right. media which yeah. made me more interested. Yeah. But there were pictures of people hanging off lampposts and, yeah. yeah. and they looked like they were having fun. I thought, yeah. wow, wow. This, is, this is where it's happening. And right. well, Nothing you'd... like this could happen in Brisbane, even though... You know, later on, there were demonstrations in Brisbane. But Brisbane, at a certain period of time when I was there, nothing happened. Nothing, and, you know, no. they had Speaker's Corner. They had a club called FOCO. They had, yeah. It was all student-based. And yeah. I was always interested in working-class struggle and class issues. Yeah, it wasn't
2: until 70, 71 yeah. that things started yeah. moving in sure. Brisbane. Yeah, and you left. I left by then. You left. You I deserted had, us. I
0: had gone back. I went back a few times. But there was a time period when I never went back. I didn't mm. want to go back. Yeah, mm. But
2: Yeah. Mm. So obviously, this is a disastrous relationship. Kind of dissipated, and said, so what, what did you do? What did you do then?
0: Um, I sort of got various work, um, still clerical work, mm-hmm. um, but I, I was really influenced by the women's movement. There was a group called As If, which I sort of looked up, and that was. Anarcho-feminist insurrectionary. Anyway, they were, they were student-based and mm. that was sort of interesting and I sort of got in, inspired. But I, my big thing was CR groups. I joined a consciousness-raising group with quite a few women, um, older women actually. Zelda Loprano was one and um, Molly Hatfield. Mm. Um, and it was quite inspiring, just that mm. whole thing of... Mm. Um, CR groups well, and well
2: Zelda is an inspiring woman
0: she was yeah, yeah. she is yeah. she, she, is. she a, hasn't, hasn't, hasn't
2: gone yet she hasn't gone
0: yet no she's got a great book she's written that yeah, I have yeah, had a few copies yeah. and passed them around I, I was actually she's...
2: in the immigration museum on Sunday wandering mm. around and there's a little up- mm-hmm. section about Zelda great and um, one well, of she the famous herself, quotes yeah, it? yeah, yeah. yeah. 61, what's, her, what's her quote What
0: was the quote? You can't remember. yeah. She (laughs) she did a thing about work and equal pay that was a very strong thing. But the CR group was really interesting because Mm. not only was it a group where you talk about your relationships with people but also a political thing Mm -hmm. about, Mm. you know, it's a big picture, an overview. And I'd always had – there's always the thing that politics comes out in women's groups and which sort of politics it is. It's usually communist. And I'd always had a thing – because whenever I talk, it wasn't I wasn't a conscious anarchist, but people would say you sound like an anarchist or you sound this way, and I go, fall, "What's an anarchist?" That's <laughs> when I that's when I started reading up and meeting yeah, people huh. who I I was you know interested in meeting. I was always interested in. Um, some of the ideas of anarchism, yeah.
2: Mm. Did you have anything to do with the Collingwood free store and the dingo people in 72, 71? I
0: think I was here later than that, yeah. Later,
2: right. Okay. Or I
0: might have been trying to work on the relationship at that time, but I certainly right. wasn't really aware of that at the time. The so, free store I heard about later. Later,
2: yeah. right, yeah. Just across the road, 42 Smith Street. It's now a hairdresser. No okay. plaque. It's got, it needs a plaque, that It does, plaque. it does. First free legal aid centre in Australia.
0: Pretty amazing, and
2: just amazing, amazing, yeah. and the concept
0: up. of free stuff. Wow! Yeah, yeah. You just walked you in know. and took
2: what you wanted and left what you didn't want.
0: Yeah, I yeah. did. I did get involved in a, free, a few free stores. That yeah, was when yeah. I went up to Sydney. My thing when I was in Melbourne, I heard about an anarchist conference happening in Sydney in, in a deconsecrated church in, a de- church in not Glebe, in,
2: not the nineteen seventy five <laughs> conference. Oh. You went to that too. Well, you may you may find this. You may <laughs> recollect this. I came down from Brisbane uh-huh. to that conference, and you may remember this. There was a three day. There was a three day conference. And there was a two day argument about whether we needed a chairperson or not.
0: Oh my God! Do you, do you remember yeah. that? I remember really silly arguments, that's but right. but I also remember meeting people. Yeah, that were, that's right. Yeah, that outside. was it's what happened yeah. between all the arguments. Yeah, and yeah. I met the Sydney push, and I yeah, met a whole yeah. lot of people who were interested in squatting and yeah. land. That sort of got me really interested in yeah, the squatting. Yeah, because a, a lot of fascinating yeah. people in Sydney. Yeah.
2: but we didn't realise we were fascinating.
0: No, we just thought, wow, who are these people? And the idea <laughs> of a church, I thought, wow, occupying a church. The idea yeah. of occupying occupying empty buildings has always appealed to me. Mm. It's one of the Attractions and meeting people who are interested in that, not paying huge amounts for rent. Or, well, you know, you know if you're going to pay rent for crap, why not squat? You know, in better right. than crap. So, yeah, 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 well, with the Builders
2: <laughs> Labourers Federation, the real one, the Greens,
0: yes, the one in yeah. New South Wales. I mean, so, it, was, yes. it was
2: natural in Sydney that you would squat.
0: Well, you would squat a building
2: you know for a, for a conference you know
0: the interesting thing is that you know um, later on, I went to Eng- to we went to Spain and we went to France and went to various anarchist conferences, but we never found anything as democratic as the New South Wales Blf mm-hmm. of how they ran their meetings across languages and how they got women menstruation leave and things like that, you know, and they talked about also the meaning of work and meaningless work and working in industries that lead to disease, whereas Never got that you know, at anarchist meetings, you know what nah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think there was an well, maybe a libertarian tradition at the BLF or a wobbly tradition or something that it I would wasn't have been aware a of. Tradition, there was a something tradition, happening there, yeah. I was going, where is this coming from, these yeah, ideas? Yeah. Like of utopianism, of, mm. you, that you can have utopia now. I always mm. liked that idea. Mm. Yeah, it's good. No, it was a great <sighs>
2: period. So you said you went back to England
0: did um, three this? of us we'd been squatting in Sydney I, after the church thing I was very influenced and I started mm. living in Sydney in various um, squ- anarchist houses mm. and um, three of us Jessica from Brisbane who used to run a learning exchange up in Brisbane, Peter who I'd met um, my partner who was part of another anarchist group at the time and we went we went actually we we're doing prison uh, activity prison action stuff here in, in Sydney. And we thought there was a group called "Have a Have a, Was Help a Prisoner" anyway, and was set. It was based in Amsterdam. And by the time we got to Amsterdam, it had, well, Falbert. wasn't working, so no. we it was no longer there. So we ended up living in London. But yes. we met we met with a few anarchists, and they were going off to Spain. That was what we really wanted to go to Spain to the, mm. you know, the this heart was, this of this
2: was post. Franco, was it? it?
0: Definitely, yeah. You wouldn't have
2: been welcome otherwise. No,
0: we went with a guy called Miguel Garcia who'd actually Mm. done time in prison and Mm. he was very interested in Esperanto at the time and we are going to an Esperanto conference in Paris and Mm. that was what we did. Mm. But it was interesting. Do you
2: remember what year that was?
0: Round eighty, I think, 80. because we left in seventy nine, three of us, yeah, to go little, to England. Your little British a, passport? I did have my English passport, yeah.
2: British, British, come yes. on, let's get this right.
0: Sorry, I'll keep saying English. <laughs> yeah. British, I thought things like United Kingdom, British. Okay. I say English because okay. of yeah. I don't accept all the countries being part of that. That's yeah. right. You just want. The I was born in you want the monarchy for yourself? I know. No.
2: <laughs> Look, it's four thirty. This is Radical Australian <laughs> Community Radio. Three CR. We're interviewing. Well, we're talking to. We don't. You wouldn't call this an interview, would you, um, Dale? You wouldn't call this an interview, would you? It's just a chat.
0: Just more, more yeah. like a friendly chat.
2: Yeah, friendly. Margaret Cray. That's it. From Ireland, yes. genetically.
0: From from <laughs> Ireland, from England, yeah. and from Australia. Yeah, Australia's sure. where I've spent most uh, of my yeah. life.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, how long did you last in Europe?
0: Ten years. Ten
2: years. What squattering and wandering?
0: Yeah, not really wondering. We squatted uh-huh. when we got there. We opened an anarchist bookshop.
2: And when did um, you open
0: that? In Brixton, where we were living.
2: Postal pre. Pre what? The big riots.
0: Oh, before. Before. Yeah, one of the few buildings that remained after the riots.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, down on the front line on Relton Road. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was one, two, the, it one, Ralton Road. You're exactly right, yeah. one, two, one. There was nothing south of the river. There were, all the, the anarchist bookshops or stuff was north of the river. We lived south of the river. Mm-hmm. And we tried to make contact with anarchists on the north. But oh, we, come on. Um, some of them were friendly, but um, we we felt at home south of the river. And the the northern anarchists did come down. There's a big thing in cities where anarchists are about going to the north or going to the south, and will the twain meet. But we ended up being south of the river in the poorer areas, Brixton at that time. It, was, it wasn't was hard to squat, but what we found easy was to set up a centre. We could help other people squat, so that's what we did.
2: So it's one, two, one. Yeah. Uh, how long did one, two, one last for?
0: About 20 years.
2: 20, that's a long time. So... You were there in the midst of the riots? Yes. You got any recollections? Lots. Tell us a you.
0: Another time.
2: Tell
0: us now. I don't know. Um, there were things to bring on the riots. Mm. Um, people talk about, you know, just wanton violence, but a lot of it was like there was lots of violence against Africa, you know, like different nationalities. It was a lead-up to it. It just didn't come from nowhere. No, nothing and like it that, happened, And it happened throughout there were incredible injustice and unfairness, really, mm. and it had to happen. It was like explosions, you know, mm. like that had to happen.
2: Mm. So I why think. why was two one two one left alone?
0: Because it was pretty multicultural. It mm. was mostly whites, but there were afro Caribbeans, different nationalities working in it, mm. and we'd help mm. people. Mm. A lot of people, even the um, mm-hmm. even the local. Um, housing bureaucrats would send people to 121 for housing. It was like oh, well, the – it was a right. default default housing group, group yeah. yeah. And also it was so much more. There was books published out of there. Mm. Um, there was also a women's self-defence group, but also the Green and Common office was there, which was an anti-base, American anti-base movement, had their base at 121. It was home for lots and lots of different groups, yeah.
2: And did you live on the premises?
0: No. No. No one did. No one did. no. People wanted to. People stayed there. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, there were squats all around. We Mm -hmm. were squatting opposite. Mm. For about, uh, probably not all the time we were squatting because it was turned into a housing co-op.
2: And how did you survive financially? I worked. Clerical?
0: No, typesetting. I started going to the London College of Printing. I Mm -hmm. learned about typesetting. I learned about machines. Mm -hmm. I was always fascinated in type and type, Mm. you know, the whole, Mm -hmm. so I... Did courses there and I learned about print and magazines mm. and typefaces mm. and...
2: So you wouldn't have much time for all these um, reporters and Complaining about the digital age. I mean, you were they, well. They,
0: I was there before the digital, digital age, age. That's what but, I'm saying. Yeah, but they were embracing digital stuff. Mm. You know, mm. even earlier on, mm. hot press mm. became a thing of the past. People and, got retrained, and yeah. I, I really like technology in a big way. I've mm. always embraced technology. We had mm. a very early computer, even that's back right, then. An Amstrad, it was cool, I think. Yeah,
2: because yeah, you've got a secret life.
0: <laughs> because
2: you're not just known as Margaret, are you? <laughs> You have a, a...
0: I do like digital technology I mean, and I like I heard various she, gadgets, you're, yeah. You're,
2: you're, you could be, you could be, or could be your sister. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't
0: you know,
2: Viola Wilkins. Oh,
0: we won't talk about that. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. No, no way. Right. No, she's a rat bag. That <laughs> she's one. a rat bag, that woman. That yeah. one,
2: yeah. So you weren't at whopping, were you?
0: Uh, we did do demonstrations. It was huge. That there was the Stop the City. There was the whopping, whopping. You know where they were bringing all the. the hot, they were closing all those things. That that was a really big demonstration. The miners were being closed. Mm. Yeah, I was reading a thing today about the miners and how Margaret Thatcher closed the mines and improved the working life of people. That was. Yeah. That was the. This is what someone was saying. I was <laughs> thinking, right. wow, what a mine. How do you <laughs> get that too. out of it? But um. Well. Less but back. the mining industry is yeah. really bad. It's yeah. very dangerous. But But to to credit Margaret Thatch with that, she was just trying to make working lives yeah. miserable. Yeah. yeah. Just
2: close down any opposition. Yeah,
0: it was interesting when we did get to England because we went up to see my relatives. My mm. parents met in Leeds in Yorkshire, and we were brought up there, and we went to see... My mother's family, and they all supported Margaret Thatcher. She had a huge amount of working class support. Oh, she did.
2: That's where it all came and from. And at the
0: change, they all wanted a change, mm. and Margaret Thatcher was offering that. Well, it's right. <laughs> it's the
2: same with you know Mr. Trump and all oh, these you know. Pauline a lot of working You know, mm. they survive on working. They thrive on working class support because the working class is excluded. You know, from the ruling elites, there's no interest to them. Exactly. There? So yeah. they, look, they look for options, but they always, as you know, they're always mm. looking for the other. We mm. can get rid of all those little black people, we won't have any more problems. So how long did you last in England and Europe? Ten years, you said?
0: Yeah, a bit under. So yeah. We the... had a daughter. My daughter was born in England.
2: She's, Brit- she's British too, is she?
0: Well, she's got a father who's Australian, so she has an Australian passport and an English passport.
2: British. Let's okay. get this right. okay. Which is very useful now with uh, that. They they've, are, they've, aren't they? they've left but the Brexit, European. Brexit, Brexit, yeah. Very useful EU. passport to have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: she could either get an Irish passport too, with her grandparents being Irish. But oh. Oh. It's, been, it's been a dilemma, I think, for a lot of young Australians who have, you yeah. know, which pretty, passport to Which they're Irish or English or whatever, their nationality of their parents or whatever. Oh. Oh.
2: So yeah. she was born there. How old is your daughter now?
0: She's about 31.
2: 31, so that's a long time ago. Mm. So when did you come back?
0: In about 89.
2: Why'd you come back?
0: Peter's Peter had come up be, be back before his mm. mother was dying right. of cancer. And he came back. he worked as a nurse in another lifetime, and he came back and looked after her. And it was good for Leah to meet, because she was not too bad at the time, mm-hmm. even though she, her diagnosis, but she died.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And things were coming to an end. Some of the squats were being closed down. We'd given it a good whack of doing various things in England, and... Um, we'd been co- we'd been writing to people in Melbourne, and we were interested in Melbourne living here, right. which is what we did.
2: Now, you were you involved? I think was it was it the Anarchy magazine?
0: A black flag. Black flag. Sure, we were involved in putting out a few. Um, magazines that were anarchist, but Black Flag was one that we were connected with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we set up an anarchist library called Kate Sharpie with a few other people, oh, but still Sharpie going. Kate Sharpie's still surviving, yeah. that's right. It yeah.
2: is a, still surviving. We've always liked place. the idea of
0: newspapers and media. And mm-hmm. There was a magazine called Crowbar that we used to um, contribute to, which is a squatting paper. And there's lots of activities there, mm-hmm. that re- mm-hmm. running a kitchen that we did, mm-hmm. printing presses, putting oh. out anarchist feminist magazines. Evil Demos stuff. Evil stuff Evil <laughs> stuff Lucky had a British passport And music Lots of music I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, Both I'm, of I'm, us love music a lot
2: Jessica would have had a British passport Did she?
0: No I think she was Australian Like Peter Both yeah, Peter pretty. and her Australian So
2: how come they survived there for 10 years?
0: Uh, going in and out of the country Everyone did that
2: Either oh, they go to Paris and come back Yeah Or we'll yeah. go to, across the do- the Straits of Dover And come back that Yeah people
0: used to do that
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Or so, get married Get there, married. There are a few of us that did get married to help people oh. stay in the country. Oh. Yeah. Are, you, are you a bigamist? <laughs> no, of course not. But <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, people did it. They did it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As Annika's marriage isn't, you know, a yeah, yeah. big deal. Yeah.
2: So, um, you come back and you're wandering around with your typesetting skills, and uh, there wasn't much of a market for typesetters, was there, when you came back? Not at- really. I did work
0: I did work for a newspaper, <laughs> like one of those community newspapers in Pasco Vale for a little while, but I ended up doing domestic, well, family violence refuge work, which I did for 20 years.
2: But- Why would you move in that direction?
0: Because a lot of it was to do with housing and we set up this, you know, one-two-one bookshop which was really a centre for housing and I had a lot to do with housing and squatting and um, and family violence and women in domestic violence is always something that appealed to me doing Mm. that sort of work. Mm. Yeah, what,
2: well, Do you think you get immediate results, or is that no? Why it takes appreciate? a long
0: time. Mm. People change. Offering people choices, women choices to change their lives is good. Mm. I wish they'd been they'd been around even, you know, a long time back when I needed services like that. I think women always need services like that to help them. We've all been in, in situations in our lives where we needed somewhere to go. Women have less choices mm. than men do.
2: So, what? You said you've got twenty years. Ex- you've just retired. You've had twenty years' of experience in that field. A bit over, yeah. Over that field. Yeah. What are the lessons you draw from it that you can share with the listeners?
0: Um, you've been working in a women's refuge or yeah. working family yeah. I violence mean, I services. Mean, well,
2: the whole gamut, because you know it's now become, you know, a big issue. Mm. You know, it wasn't an issue in the in, you know thirty years ago. It was there, obviously, but it wasn't seen as an issue. It was just seen as the male prerogative.
0: Just that it can happen to any mm. woman, mm. Um, no matter what class she comes from. Obviously, if you've got, if you're from the upper classes, you have more choices, you have more money to play around with. But a lot of those women too, different women come from different classes because they don't have access to get money, they don't have access to get, you know, to do things with their life. The basic things that I consider basic, such as housing, health, you know, and the right to remain in a wherever you are without being bullied or coerced is really, really important and it takes a while and and by working in that field I've just seen amazing changes. It's the sort of work that I would advise if you, you know. I I read recently a thing by Alice Walker about activism and to put your activism and get paid for it because I felt I was an activist Mm. even though I've worked in anarchist groups. I considered that working in family violence services and domestic violence is activism too, Mm. even though you get ground down filling papers and the bureaucracy of it. But giving women choices to me is really, like, very important.
2: I mean, being in that um, situation for over 20 years, did it affect you mentally?
0: I think it might have. I think there's a thing about post-traumatic stress for jobs like that. Um, Certainly towards the end um, of working there and women coming in with more drug and alcohol problems, especially ice, there's a certain irrationality in the use of ice and I was um, abused quite a few times, but I sort of took it. I think the big thing about doing that sort of work is you have a, a life, you have a safe place to go back to, and I've always had that. I've had a place where I can you know, go back out of work and mm. and say I'm switched off, you know. Mm. If you can't switch off from that sort of work. But, I mean, also it is it is a job at the end of it and I'm in a better – I'm in a, a different position than the women I'm working with but I think it does have some effect on you. It's not the easiest work to do. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's yeah. emotionally draining, exceptionally yeah. draining.
2: There's a lot of jobs in – a lot of jobs out there that are really, really emotionally draining, and they can trigger.
0: They can trigger stuff in your own personality mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. because there are certain people, and it happened a few times where I'd get someone who was very similar to me or in a similar position, and it'd be triggering, and I'd realize that I would, you know, I'd I'd uh, disengage to some extent. And there's other workers, where I talk about it. I had counselling. I accepted that counselling is really important. I think I think accepting that you have a certain you can't do everything you know you do when you do that sort of work you do get oh i can do this and i can do that but you can't you know you you work in a team you get counseling and you've got finite resources you know and also you'll get certain people who come in fix this fix that you can't fix everything you can just offer this is what you can do Mm. These are the choices, mm. you know. And
2: do you think there's enough choices?
0: <laughs> of course not. No. <laughs> They've been cut to ribbons.
2: <laughs> well, tell us
1: about Housing
0: it. is one of the crucial. Housing is still a huge, huge mm. thing for a lot of people,
1: yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, people don't think... I went, well, last no.
0: weekend I went to a squatting, a meeting about squatting over yeah. in Footscray, and it was mm. just amazing because we talked about the history, squatting in the 70s and what's happening now, and it was just, it's really... Amazing, People are still doing it. There's still a lot of energy enthusiasm, but it's really hard, you know, and people are isolated off. Yeah, but,
2: but do you think um, the whole philosophy of squatting has changed? Is now more based on need. While in the 70s there was some need, but it was more an intellectual choice you made?
0: Uh, that's, a, that's right, but um, squatting's always been political. It's a bit like that saying that political squatting is this and non-political squatting is that, and it isn't. All housing where you live is political Mm -hmm. by the very nature of it. See, what gets me is people are paying rent for places I wouldn't squat in nowadays, Mm -hmm. you know. And even back then, you get incredibly unscrupulous landlords or whatever. And also the concept of private property. I know this land's occupied by whites anyway, but um, and squatters has a bad connotation for Indigenous people. But at the same time... um, who are the people that own this? You know that own this that own the properties now. There's lots of invest you know investment well, properties. They're all over the place. Well, that's you know. right.
2: Things have changed. Let's, Let's
0: tr- occupy them. Let's get I them. mean, one thing,
2: mm. serve as you know. One thing conservative elements have done in the last forty years is actually change the character and the nature of Australians. Fifteen mm-hmm. percent of Australians are now investors. They take advantage of all those laws which uh, give them that advantage. In, and they invest.
0: Mm. Of
2: the one million Australians who own a second home, which they rent out, over 80% own one home. And it's if you talk to young people, it's the first thing they talk about. Not getting a deposit for a home, or getting a deposit for an investment property because of all the... Uh, so mm. the culture has changed. It's changed dramatically. So, you know, the John Howards of the world have been very successful, the Malcolm yeah. Frasers.
0: The aspirational wealth, yeah, well, yeah, yeah it it is. well, because but, but but it is the concept of private put private property against sharing and mm. cooperation. Mm. Um, I think I think people do want to share. I think people are, are mm. um, split between that. There is a there is a, a need and a feeling of us to share and live communally. And if you've got lots and someone's got not much, it's it makes you feel. It would make me feel sick.
2: Not if you're an investor. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. This is what I'm saying.
2: The mentality has changed. Maybe it made us feel sick and a little bit uneasy (laughs) because of the situation we came from. But today
0: I went to to the squatting meeting on Saturday and I saw lots of young people and they were squatting and they were people that wanted to share and and there's groups like Food and Bombs Mm. and there are groups that do share and do. But that's
2: a very small minority. The majority of young people can become bigger. Well, I hope so too, but the majority of young people today (laughs) have been inculcated with this concept you know, of private property, of investing, mm. whether it's in, in housing, units, stock market, because what's happened is all the laws have now changed, which actually reward people with disposable income who want to invest in inverted commas and make a return from their money, not a return from their labour. Mm. It's changed. It's changed completely. It's not like the 1890s when people relied on their labour to survive. Mm. You know, you didn't talk to a shepherd. I mean, you talk to people on building sites on good wages. Mm. Many of them have got a second home because the whole class structures have changed.
0: Oh, no, I've, I know. I know that. People yeah. I worked with who had, you know, multiple properties, and Peter worked with people who owned blocks of flats, and this is tram conductors. You That's know, right. it's very. And people really kids people want their kids to go to the best schools. That's right. But is schools. that obtainable? And are these jobs obtainable? I just think there is a crunch happens to people, and they have to decide. And also, I think there's that element that at some of <laughs> some time in your life you have to t- make choices. You know about well, you what do, you're going to do. And I and I tend to yeah. think you've got to be optimistic because there is so much not to be optimistic about. But mm-hmm. um, I think that um, there are. There is a big push towards alternative. There is a big push towards. But
2: we've been saying that for 40 years. I don't no, care.
0: No. <laughs> I think it's important. You really think there is a push? I <laughs> think there is, yeah, sure. Uh, well,
1: I
2: don't Do know. you think greed
0: is winning over? Well, greed is good. Well, what, well, no, no, I don't think greed is good.
2: What's <laughs> actually happened is the whole mm. structure has changed where greed is rewarded. And hard-working, honest people are considered to be dopes and fools. And losers. And losers. I mean, no, seriously. <laughs> and and it's, it's those people who've got disposable income and can use the laws to maximise their return on their investment who are considered to be the winners in society. And hard-working people who pay their taxes, do the right thing, you know, bring up their children, are considered to be losers. And what? the trouble is... A lot of these people haven't realised that.
0: Mm. What about the fair go and the sort of Australian. Go Do you on. think it's just a myth? The myth of the no, Australian no, 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 have a fair no, no. go. No, it
2: came in the 1890s uh, when we had. You know, and that's we
0: had, gone. <laughs> well, it's gone
2: because we had a lot of itinerant workers who used to you know, go from job to job mm. and they needed some security. But that's gone now because mm. you've got, as you know, you've got 40% of Australians who basically rely on social security benefits to survive. You've got another 40% who are basically scratching to make a living and just pay their bills and if they're lucky they can get a deposit on their home then you've got a 15% investment class which is everything is geared towards them, everything they don't pay tax, mm-hmm. they maximise their profits, they're considered to be the the, the new celebrities the, the, the new winners, so the culture in this country has changed and I think the conservatives and reactionary forces in this country has successfully changed the culture you know and that and that's and and that's a tragedy
0: it is indeed
2: because, because and unless that other eighty percent begin to understand that that culture has changed and it needs to change back in their favor because see what people forget is forty years ago, for every dollar that was invested, two thirds went back to the people working to create that wealth, and one third went to the investor in forty years later. For every dollar that's invested by an investor, you know, it doesn't matter what so-called class they come from, two-thirds of that profit goes back to the investor and one-third goes back to the person who's, whose labour creates that profit.
0: Mm. So
2: it's a, it, it's a total dynamic shift. And, uh, it's a
0: flip, isn't it? But yeah. if it can flip that way, it can flip back. Oh, I'm not and, saying it and can't through, and, through, to... and through education or through, mm, yeah. I think a lot of um, digital media is, yeah. there's a bit of a turning that way, at least I hope anyway. I well, mean, yeah, so but... sometimes when I'm depressed, I think, and, and, and I watch, say, um, mainstream media, media uh-huh. and you go, my God, you know, Channel it. 7 or something, right. but... Yeah. Um, I do. I, I'm a great believer in alternative media like mm. this place, 3CR. 3CR is a place I've always had a lot of time I've been involved oh, how, in. How long have you
2: been involved in
0: 3CR? Probably about 20 years. 20 um, years. Earlier on when we came back in the 90s, we were working on the sewer show when it was on a Friday between 11 oh, so, and 12. So
2: is, is that a show about sewerage, is
0: it? It is. <laughs> no, it's – well, you could say No, <laughs> I tell
2: people what the sewer show Squ- is.
0: Squatters and unwedged Workers' airwaves. Right. Yeah, and we've had different people – and we've had lots of interviews with um, anarchist groups and troublemakers, news and views from the Centrelink queues, but troublemaking news from around the world. That's mm. That was our byline. Mm. And um, it's still going. It's on Friday between 5.30 and 6.30. And, and um, I do a show, help do a show on the fifth Fridays of the month, which is about four a year, three a year. One's mm. coming up at the end of September. No, and right. I do a bit of volunteer work here at... I think it's a great place. It's um, uh, many, many on, diverse, on, on, many yeah. diverse groups. It's one of the few places in Melbourne where. You could hear amazing stuff you do more on the than radio. Little,
2: you do more than a little bit of volunteer work <laughs> since you're retired. <laughs> I,
0: do. I think I think mm-hmm.
2: you're welded to the front <laughs> desk.
0: No, I just do it on a Monday. Just come in and say hello. I'm on the front desk on a Monday. Uh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. So you're That's hopeful, good. are you? Mm, I am. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think giving up work gives you another lease of life. I think um, I was very much geared. You know, I did this work and that was who I was. And now there are other things outside of work. There's a life outside work. Mm. and I'm enjoying it.
2: How have your interactions been with Centrelink now that uh, you're a oh, retired folk?
0: Terrible. <laughs> to make and you jump through... Oh. I mean, you're make, an
2: intelligent yeah, person, make, you know.
0: They make you jump through hoops, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So how
2: do you think younger people who find themselves oh, in terrible. difficult circumstances?
0: Well, was, well part, of my, part of one of my tasks of my job in the refuge was helping people sign up for Centrelink and I knew what it was like and even – but when you're doing it professionally in a job, it's very different when you do it yourself, so it's always hard, I think, and – you get so many forms to fill in and they're really complicated, you know, for other people. I've filled in the forms many times with people, but, you know, you just do what you can do, you know. It's so did
2: you get anybody to help you with your forms? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> Which is
0: no, 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 no.
2: So yeah. have you got any plans for the future?
0: Um, well, my mother's. I will go up and spend a bit of time in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sister lives with her and I'll give her a hand. Um, Travelling a bit, electric bikes, maybe. Electric bikes? Yeah, I why, do, why, I do why cycle. Electric bikes. Just the arthritis, it uh-huh. gets hard. Uh-huh. Um, well, and enjoying myself, reading books. I've just f- finished reading a book about um, Louise Michelle, a beautiful comic called The um, mm. Red Virgin, about mm. her travels. To mm, New Caledonia, how right. she discovered her anarchism, and uh, I, I recommend well, it if you well, read well, actually, version. Fantastic it went, book. It yeah. actually
2: wasn't travels. Actually, let's tell people she, the was, truth. Deported. she, she was, was deported. She was deported from, from the Paris Commune. commune. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: one of the few survivors. Um, yeah, yeah. The Paris Commune killed so many people, and 50, it's an amazing. Unbelievable what happened. in. Mm, I hope right. people um, can read about the when Paris coming again. Yeah,
2: 18, I mean, that's the, really the most story. revolutionary period that's ever occurred. I mean, 1871, the French ruling class invite the German ruling class to come in mm-hmm. and lay Paris waste. Um,
0: unbelievable. And, yes, uh, when I read that. Yeah,
2: and, when, mm-hmm. and, when, and when the communards were finally defeated, they were lined up, the men. Every tenth man was executed on the spot.
0: Yeah. you know,
2: And people talk about the direct action in the 1890s and many of those involved in that were basically survivors of that period, the children,
0: you know, that period. Oh, to have that as as your heritage will be so... um, Just the ruthlessness and the way they exterminated people and the hatred of Mm. these people who had the Mm. audacity to uprise against... And and one of their famous actions, of course, was to... um, I think they were going to go into the Louvre and put art on the front of the barricades. I don't know. That's I've heard that story, yeah. thinking that they would not attack them. And oh, they yeah. did attack them. They That's didn't true. give a you know, even about art, you know. Mm. so. Mm. But um, what they did to killing... And Louise Michel very inspiring. I think. Well, she Great was. She story. was deported
2: to New Caledonia.
0: And she loved it. She actually saw yeah. it as a challenge, yeah. even though... Yeah. But it was just horrible when she got yes. there. Yeah. And they had their own revolution, and she took her yeah. red flag off, and so. she tore it in half, and they used it in their uprising against the French. Yeah. I, <laughs> remember, I
2: remember in 1977, um, I think, we went to New Caledonia for the specific job of locating the prison. Ah. And the bricks were still there. Wow. No signs, nothing, but the bricks we knew where to look. The bricks were still there, mm-hmm. the broken bricks and uh, you know that old you do trivial pursuit, don't you? A lot, yeah, I yeah,
0: love it. Yeah. Well what's
2: what's what's, what's that famous <laughs> question about Louise
0: Michelle? Uh, I haven't heard any trivia they do they would never put a trivia pursuit of that Louise Michelle, yes, they would, would they? Without, uh, which mm.
2: What is the name of the only railway Railway station named after an anarchist? Of course, of course, of
0: course. I think she's had schools named after it. They actually named a whole load of things in France after Louise Michel. And in some books... Even now, I think there was a book put out by some press. They didn't even mention she was an anarchist. It's no. very interesting. The left that's right. can't quite. Uh, even even Emma Goldman, a very yeah. well known American anarchist, yes. yeah. um, they leave the word anarchist out describing her, call her uh, a feminist, and she was. As you
2: know, it's it's against nature, anarchism. <laughs> uh, We've all born with original sin. As a Catholic, you should know that, and we can't be trusted to govern ourselves. We need rulers to govern us. Well,
0: it's interesting throughout the years how. They use so many different words besides anarchist, libertarian and other words, and people find it very hard. I'm involved in
2: this political party, and and I just cannot believe, you know, I said I'm proud to be an anarchist. That's what made us create this, you know. Mm. (gasps) Yeah.
0: Well, because you know, them. they said,
2: "Oh, some religious people didn't like it." I said, "Who gives a shit?"
0: Well, I don't hold that against them. I no. would say <sighs> it must be hard being religious. Yes. Yeah.
2: So, what? <laughs> oh know it's easy. Any parting comments for the young folk you have so much faith in?
0: Uh, keep up your spirits. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Right.
2: Uh, and don't buy an investment property.
0: Oh, forget about that crap. <laughs> mutual aid. What is anarchism? It's without rulers and mutual aid.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, thank Margaret. you, Joe. Thank you,
2: ple- Dale. It was a pleasure talking to you today. And obviously, we may bring you in. When, sure, we could, your, if we're still alive for our seventieth for your seventieth birthday, I could
0: talk about we could talk about England more. That was an interesting time period. Yeah, yeah I that think. Happened, Paul, yeah.
2: Mate, why, why don't you? Have mm. a talk to the front desk. You are mm. the front desk.
0: I am the front desk Can I help organise this. <laughs> maybe, so, yeah. maybe
2: we'll bring you in mm. another six months and we'll specifically look at that period in, mm. in Brixton and uh, all the yeah. things that were happening. Yeah, and the
0: it, music was a big thing too. Yeah, And yeah. yeah, we talk about a lot of, it. Because
2: a lot of people think life ended when Margaret Thatcher became Prime Minister. Oh. It actually began for a lot of people. Well,
0: repression does amazing things to people, I yeah, think, yeah.
2: yeah. All right, so maybe six months. Put your name down. Thank you, Joe. Thank you.
1: Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows. Everybody talking to their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stem rules Everybody.